today on Oxl FM, we've got a follow-up episode from last time's discussion about desktop OSs with one about mobile OSs. We'll discuss what they are, how they're different, and what we think the future holds for them. Hello and welcome to episode of Oxle FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gerardo. And today is a follow-up episode, kind of impromptu actually. We weren't necessarily mm. expecting to do this one. But in our previous episode, we discussed operating systems, primarily yes. for desktop PCs and, well not PCs, but you know, like desktop machines. And, and laptops. And laptops. A little bit. And as a result of that discussion, we realized that there was probably still quite a lot to discuss regarding mobile operating systems. Hmm. Um, so we thought that rather than trying to shoehorn it in at the end of the episode or make it ridiculously long, which it already was anyway, <laughs> um, we decided to just do a whole separate episode regarding them because there's quite a lot to talk about. Yeah, there is. And we're going to primarily talk about Android and iOS. Uh, we actually fell down a big rabbit hole before recording of like other mobile operating systems like not even just like the failed ones like well windows mobile where's that gone um and you know and, and like nokia's random you know you put Palm OS. Zoom. i had a zoom man did you yeah. of course you had a zoom um <laughs> you know and, and also but there are actually like active current other mobile operating systems for example the biggest one is i think is probably chi os mm. um which is like a feature phone operating system really so more for sort of like flip phones and candy bar phones and those sort of style style phones and yeah taken worldwide those things are though those operating systems are insignificant but in pockets of you know whether it's a country like india for example at one mm. point at one point in india kios was bigger than ios right because reasons like down to pricing down to like availability and yeah. or, you know apple's you know whether apple is in the market or not in the country yeah so it's know, much easier for manufacturers and providers within the nation to use something that's a little bit cheaper and simpler to get hold of than trying to negotiate with the goliath that is apple and then right. being very controlling about that right so so yeah so things like that are small but not necessarily in certain situations yeah. but with with for all intents and purposes, it's a two-horse race. It's Android and iOS, and mm-hmm. so that's what we're going to talk about. And there's a little bit of a similarity here between iOS and Android as there was between Microsoft and Apple. Right. In the sense that one is very much this wonderfully powerful tool, which is a bit of a walled garden and, and a little bit restrictive mm-hmm. what you can do. And one started out as this idea of being able to do whatever you want to do, but has slowly sort of become... A little bit more restrictive of what you can do with it as mm. it was planned to be. Yeah. And to sort of start, we'll talk a little bit about some history and sort of, you know, where these, where iOS and Android came about. It's easy to forget, you know, that, that like iOS, the, the first iPhone came out in 2007, you know, that's mm. 14 years ago now. And obviously Apple were working on iOS much earlier than, than 2007, you know, and and Android as well, you know, the company Android, because it was a company before before Google bought it, was mm. founded in 2003, you know, so really, really going back. Um, so so these, these operating systems have a long heritage and a long pedigree. I mean, iOS particular for me is sort of, they must have been a little bit future thinking because a lot of the f- features that you would use on iOS 
device for is very reliant on technology at the time that wasn't really that like solid if i'm honest right so i'm thinking things like touchscreens right yeah and other sort of elements of a mobile phone other than a home phone that you just don't have didn't have at the time you know the ability to have for example like gps built into something or accelerometers mm. built into something etc mm. and bet- before that technology was sort of more or less perfected at least made useful and easy to acquire these sort of operating systems wouldn't have really been that useful no and you can sort of i think also even when ios came out in 2007 the world looked very different and the like you say the technology around the services around the infrastructure was just not there Mm. like if you think the first iphone was released when, when it came out it only supported gprs and edge it was colossally slow to yeah. do anything and this was also <laughs> at a point where no one had built web um, like mobile websites so no. surfing the internet you were you were looking at the new york times's desktop website yeah. you know and and which was not optimized for these awful connections and it's funny because even now like to be honest gprs and like 3g and 4g and i was so ubiquitous in 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 most places where people have lots of iphones that we you know we've kind of gone away from it again and if you tried to use an original iphone today it would be very 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 slow (laughs) well another thing that i think is interesting to bring up that we haven't necessarily discussed in the notes is that this was sort of in tandem with their growing popularity of the ipod with the ipod touch and things like that yes yeah so the ipod touch didn't come out until after the iphone um so you just had the you had the ipods the nano and Everyone was waiting for them to, everyone was expecting them to launch a like touchscreen iPod, right? That was what, that was what was expected. Like the iPod was, was colossally popular. Everyone expected them to launch a touchscreen iPod. There was also this sort of like discussion about them making like a tablet form factor. And actually, I think that was where iOS began. I think Apple were originally looking to build a tablet, which is a lot closer to what they would you know what they were making in terms of like laptops and and desktops like a tablet is a is a much more sensible kind of shift but you know they came out with the with the iphone which was you know it was it was a widescreen ipod and a phone and you know all in one kind of thing Hmm. and i can see why it took the world by storm in terms of its forward thinking but i can Mm. also see why a lot of people were a little bit like apprehensive at first when you look at some of the phones that were being used at the time when the you know was made yeah right like it like apple the form when you think it's obvious to us now or like it's like everyone has like a slate style phone right but at the time when apple said here's your next phone it's got a screen and a button on it people were holding things with entire qwerty keyboards you know and tiny little screens some of them touch screens to be fair you know it was like a radical departure and to be honest like this isn't a this isn't a ios is better than android but i would argue that with the iphone and with ios that's where we saw the phone innovation in the sense that you've got multi-touch and gestures and accelerometers and a home button and gps built in and the slate form factor like you've got all these things that either didn't exist at all like multi-touch was not a literally not a thing before Mm. ios like i don't think anything really had it or if you did it was absolutely abysmal you know it, it, it brought those things together and it was a lot of there was a lot of innovation there and they, and you they needed an operating system to match that right that's that's part of you know if you remember from our first episode about operating systems the os is like the thing that you've got the sort of the kernel of the os which is the thing that talks to the hardware and then you've got this framework on top that lets people build applications to communicate with 
you know, and 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 run things that let, that work with the hardware. So Apple needed an OS that understood multi-touch and gestures and accelerometers. Yeah, which at you know, the time didn't exist. It didn't exist. And Apple actually, they it was weird. Like Steve Jobs said, like, oh, the iPhone runs Mac OS. And that was kind of true, kind of not true. Like it's based on some of the same underpinnings as macOS, but it's not macOS at all. Yeah. And it would have been terrible if it was because macOS didn't have support for all of these things. And one thing that it also didn't have support for initially was the use of any applications, right? Yeah, like it's crazy now because we have all of these apps on our phones. But when the iPhone launched in June 2007, there was no app store. There were no there was no way of putting applications apart from Apple's, you know, mail, phone, Safari, contacts. That was all you had on the device. And it took until March the next year for them to release the tools for developers to build applications on on the platform because they were like no 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 it's fine we're we're double it we're you're gonna everyone's gonna build web-based applications right like mobile web applications which people kind of did like there were quite a lot and 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 i'd say that drove a lot of the kind of design of websites nowadays like a lot of websites when you view them on mobile kind of look a bit like an app uh because that was really what they were yeah what apple was telling them to do and ios was really like apple's chance to massively locked down again a platform right like in this in the fact that it didn't even have applications it took three years for them to allow backgrounding of applications yeah like you could only run one application at a time and you couldn't access all the hardware and like over time they have opened up more and more and th- their reasonings are around things like security so because of a phone is a much more personal device that you're carrying around with you every day uh, compared to a, a laptop or pc uh, and also things like battery life. And they they restricted the control, the, the, the tools that developers had to ensure, because they saw users of the iPhone as like their users. And even if you were using an app on your iPhone, you were still an Apple user, an Apple yeah. customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's quite a different shift to, you know, if you think about a, a, your gaming PC, where if you're playing a game, you don't think that, it was Dell that, you know, if you bought your PC from Dell, it's not, it, you're not Dell's customer when you're playing a game. Yeah. But Dell have no control over that, over that, like... Um, they just make the hardware that it runs on, but right. Apple saw it more as a case of like, well, we are, you are our customers and you just happen to be using something that isn't one of our things. Exactly. We don't want you to do that because exactly. we don't want that negative uh, connotation towards our company because of potentially badly made applications. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people definitely didn't like this style right it, it, it there definitely were you know apple were hugely criticized for the app store and for, and still are and in fact have just been in a massive lawsuit about it with epic right epic, about yeah. you know the the walled garden and not allowing people to you know pay for things outside of the app store and all of this kind of thing you know they, they, there is no doubt that that apple's reach is probably almost certainly is very very much overextending um, yes, in, in the way that they control control ios um but unfortunately it worked right because people bought them in droves <laughs> yeah exactly uh and, and honestly the big reason for that of course isn't really any competition because yeah. up until that point like all those phones that we talked about earlier things like your blackberries and stuff like that was your only other choice and they were just chalk and cheese really and what they were like yeah. it's not um, really the same type of device at the end of the day you know you weren't watching youtube videos on no your... exactly <laughs> But it took quite a long time for any meaningful level of competition to sort of rear its head, right? And it, that's where it Android comes in. 
Right. And it's interesting because Android, as I said, it like it, it existed before Google bought it. Um, it was founded in 2003. So we're like way, way earlier than, than, than any kind of iPhone. Originally, I think it was going to be an operating system for digital cameras. Mm. Uh, they were going to like up the functionality and features in digital cameras which is funny if you think about where phones have gone in terms yeah, of camera phones are now quality. cameras effectively like i mean most people who want to take pictures but not like seriously will just use a mobile phone because yeah. they are wonderful cameras so i can kind of see that because at the time in 2003 digital camera would was very much sort of the hot commodity like mm. having a nice digital camera was very much like right. you know one of the go-to gadgets for a lot of people yeah it was like one of the things that you would own right you would own an ipod and you would own a digital camera right this and, and you would own a feature phone like this you know that's sort of something that you would have so it, it stands to reason that you would you know there's there's an opportunity potentially there or android saw an opportunity there and at, google bought android in 2005 so still way before you know any kind of iphone but i'm guessing i don't really know like obviously without being like you're not there and all of this stuff kind of is unearthed once the iphone comes out and then it's like oh what's going on on the other you know elsewhere so it's difficult to know exactly what what happened but i think what what we can be confident about is that they were still developing phones that looked like phone you know what we thought of at the time yeah yeah, look like a a palm or a black or a blackberry and when the iPhone came out and they had that slate form factor, I think, you know, it was mad scramble time on on the on the Android side of the fence. And we saw the first Android phone was the HTC Dream. And we'll talk a little bit about hardware, you know, and the sort of differences in a minute. But the HTC Dream came out in September 2008. So, yeah, to your point, <laughs> Apple has like over a year to to cement themselves. They launched an app store in that time, yeah. you know, and, and cemented themselves there like imagine being in on the on the android side of the fence and you're like apple are releasing new things and we're still trying to catch up with what yeah. they've just the first thing they released and this right? is also whilst they've got the the buzz of being an, an apple device right. as well like right. that was we're, even then yeah. was seen as the, the cool choice right it was know? mad hype around like ipods and the and, advertising and was massive kind of thing. yeah exactly exactly and Android was very, very limited when it came out. There was no multi-touch, right? Because that was an Apple thing. They didn't have multi-touch. And in fact, the touch support in general was quite sketchy. But really what it did have and what it was praised for in the HTC Dream was that it was more flexible than iOS, you know? And that was what was really that original kind of selling point of Android, right? All along was like, it's it's your, you can do stuff, you can customize yeah. it, you can do stuff that you can't do on iPhones because Apple won't let you kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a very open platform. It's not necessarily open source, but it's very much open to you do what you mm. want to do with it for your device. Yeah. And in fact, it is open source. Or so like the base of Android, there's a project, if you like, called the Android Open Source Project. And that is like the, the basis of Android. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. One of the things that Android did have was notifications, which actually at this point, I don't think iPhones had. Like right, a that's interesting. No- like they had like alerts, I guess, that came up, but they didn't yeah. have like a notification like Tap. pane that you could pull down yeah. or anything like that. Like there was no notification system. That was probably one of the biggest kind of wins there. And Android is based on Linux, which we talked about in our desktop OS's discussion. And crucially, that did mean that it could be made free. Like they were basing it on something that was free and they could continue because that there was no licensing issue there. um, They could take that and and make the basis of Android free. And that was Google's idea. That was their big, you know, that was their big vision 
was that they were like, we're not going to build hardware because we don't. And interesting that obviously now they do, but at the time they didn't, mm-hmm. uh, apart from servers. And they were like, okay, we're going to provide the platform. We're going to provide the OS and other manufacturers can make the phones like HTC. They actually started a thing called the Open Handset Alliance, which still exists. And it's a whole bunch of companies and it's like agreed things about how to build phones and how to make phones for Android. Yeah, and to sort keep of things like on, a, on a level so that everyone else can, can work with one another openly. And this worked, right? Like as much as Apple are huge and iOS is huge, Android is the largest OS of all time. Like yeah. it's bigger than Windows, it's bigger than iOS. Like it's it's it's, it's the biggest. And, and, it, and that's because of that ability to have, you know, thousands upon thousands of devices um it's also just easier to cooperate as well because of that open nature you're able to make sure that if an app works on one device it will almost certainly be able to work on another device or you can work together to make sure it works on multiple types of hardware and things like that yeah i think it's not just mobile phones specifically right yeah exactly and we'll talk a little bit about that as well um sort of later on but like android is now you know, the basis of sort of an embedded OS, you know, it's used on other things. You have Android TV now, you have Wear OS with the Android wearable OS thing, which is still Android and that kind of thing. So that's sort of where we, you know, that, that was like 2007, 2008 really like laid the groundwork for kind of you know the rest of time like until 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 the present day i mean this is very much the same sort of story that was told maybe like 20 years prior between say mac and windows right Mm. um and interestingly was also a similar sort of divide in the people that bought those products as well um but it's not just necessarily just about brand loyalty there are ways in which these things work differently with one another and there are Mm. some advantages disadvantages to each of them yeah there are and we've already touched upon some but I think what's interesting to to sort of think about at first is that actually Android and iOS are very, at a high level, they have a very, very similar structure, just like any operating system. So Mm. with Android, you've got Linux underneath. um, That's sort of like the kernel there. Um, You've got the framework on top for writing apps. uh, And then the apps are written in in either Java um, or more recently as a language called Kotlin. Um, which is now probably almost certainly has overtaken Java for Android development. Um, mm-hmm. It's a language from, I think it's from Google themselves anyway. Um, and with iOS, it's much the same. It's, you've got Darwin underneath, which is the kernel. That's the name of the kernel. And that's also yep. what's underneath Mac OS. Again, they, Apple provide you a framework on top uh, and you've got two languages to choose from. It's funny. They both have two languages, um, Objective-C or Swift. Um, so, so far, so like, an operating system you know yeah. like like not stuff, too much differences there not too much differences but th- i think really it's about the principles with the two operating systems that make them so vastly different and much more different than i would say mac and windows are or mm. windows and linux or linux and mac they are ios and android are much more different even now ios is so much more locked down you know the the framework or the it's called an sdk a software development kit um, the framework that that android provides you you have a lot more like lower level access to the hardware. Yeah, like, so you as can a, change it much more in in the belly of it, as it right. were. Right. Like as a developer, you are given in an almost PC like way, you are given a lot of access. You know, you can access files on there. You can, you know, you can access the hardware in, in ways that, you know, weren't necessarily intended. You can flash the flash in a certain way, or mm. you can, you know, you, you know, 
use the screen and turn the screen brightness up without, you know, without the user's, you know, without the user doing it themselves. Like all of these kinds of like hardware controls, you can use the, you can scan for Wi-Fi networks within an app. You can connect to a Wi-Fi network within yeah. an app. You know, all of these kinds of things, these lower level access that, that Android gave you that some of that you now can do in iOS. Um, but, but historically you couldn't, you know, iOS, it's much more about here are the 10 tools as a developer you can use, right? And, you know, you can ask the operating system to take a photo. You can ask the operating system to, you know, um, store a f- store a file, but you can't be like, browse the file system or you yeah. can't, you know, turn Bluetooth off. You can be like, I want to, sc- I want to, you know, connect to a Bluetooth device, but you can't like scan with bluetooth and stuff yeah. like that so it's very much a case of like one being very free form factor you can kind of make it work however you want it to and one you have to buy very very strict set of rules and then play around with those rules to make it do what you want to do right and you'd think that for the most part andrew would have a clear benefit to this right because let's face it being able to do whatever you want to do with an app makes it much easier to build an app that you want to make but one thing that we sort of didn't quite touch on just previously but i think is important there is things like security issues right Mm. because any app that can access lower levels of a device has much more security risks attached to it right and i think for me even personally that was evidenced by the fact that with my recent uh, upgrade to a pixel phone and with the recent changes to i think is it um android 12 i think it yeah. is where now you have a lot more control and notification about what certain apps have access right. to certain things right and even just the other day i loaded up my phone like it did a restart after an update and it said these apps have had access to this element of your device but you haven't used them for a while so we've automatically disabled them for you yeah and it's gone just in case you forgot that this was here sitting did having access right. to this element of your phone which right. doesn't really happen on ios yeah right exactly and 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 ios has always been a lot more restrictive about giving access and and some of that functionality that you're describing is in ios as well you know it's sort of like warning you about apps getting your location but historically apps couldn't even get your location in the background Mm. on ios you know things like that like they've been very careful about granting access and with android it's kind of like gone the other you've you're kind of coming at it from the other angle it was like they had all the freedom and then they've slowly kind of like like you said like provided more functionality for kind of restricting stuff um i think another thing that is interesting in the differences is that with android there are multiple places to get apps from rather yes. than one central location i think yeah. the main one that you put here which actually makes total sense is like amazon's based yeah. app store you right know, like amazon have their own devices things like their fire tablets and stuff like that and there's a whole app store separate to it and many yeah. other um manufacturers have their own app stores like i remember when i had my samsung device still mm. they had their own app store and it was terrible and it was yes. awful and their apps were never very good and you wanted to get rid of them but it was there and you still right. could if you wanted to right. whereas with apple you it's it's one choice that's it in fact it's not even a choice i guess in that sense is it there's you have to go here and that's the end of it right right and there's still like to sort of inject my own frustrations with android a little bit into the conversation like android is more tightly coupled to google than ever even though you you might have this choice of you know multiple app stores and things like that like like the amazon one and there's also f droid which is like an open source one but you can't use android without google uh, because that there are services, there are things that applications want to do that require a central body of some kind. And yeah. all of those apps have been built so that that central body is Google. Yeah. The classic example is push notifications, right? With push notifications, if if every app 
let's say like you've got an app like Twitter, right? The way that push notifications work, your Twitter app on your phone is not in constant communication with Twitter. It's not no. holding open a connection to Twitter to say, you know, if, if something happens, send me a notification because that would just colossally drain battery. Yeah. So instead, what happens is the Twitter app loads and it effectively registers with Google and says, hey, Google, like, I want to, oh, I wonder if I just woke up some people's Google devices. Um, <laughs> like, I want to, I want to receive notifications uh, and, and like, and, and like, this is the, you know, device or whatever. And your phone holds a connection open to Google, just the one connection open to Google. Um, yeah. and, and, and then, then everything then they, funnels through that one connection. Everything funnels through that. So then Twitter go to Google when they say, hey, I've got a notification for this device. Cool. Like, and Apple, it's much the same. But the thing is, is that if you don't have Google services, and this is a thing, this is like, if you try and use use Android without the Google services, you won't get push notifications on your mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. You won't get you won't get updates coming down. There's like a whole bunch of stuff. I can't even remember it all now, but there's like a bunch of like Google specific stuff that you, that you just lose. And so it's sort of like with Apple, yeah, you're like, it's all controlled by Apple, but with Android, it's kind of all controlled by Google anyway. Yeah. And there's no illusion of that in the slightest. Right. For the most part, when you're buying an Apple device, you accept the fact that that's what you are tied into. You are tied into their own ecosystem and that's the end of it. Right. Whereas with Android, I mean, it used to be a case of like you could, but more than ever now, it is still very much a, you're you're a Google customer for the most part. Yeah. And it's been made even harder recently, I've found as well, like with devices in the past i mean i'm using my old samsung device as the Mm. example which ran android it had a very samsung like launcher over the top Mm. of everything everything was they attempted at least anyway to make everything very samsung based (laughs) it was not very good no but the point was is that you still could i imagine that's even less of the case now with like more modern versions of android i think for the most part they all look fairly similar and although you can yeah. change the the look and feel of them they, they still work under the hood in the same way and they yeah. still at the end of the day all go back to google yeah there's sort of fewer and fewer things that it is as easy as it once was to customize in android for sure i think like an- another thing that's different sort of and again this is sort of this sort of bleeds over from our desktop OS discussion a little bit is like the community around the two as yeah. well in the sense that you know iOS attracts macOS developers because it's the same misrelated and macOS has a long culture of like high quality and expensive applications we yes. talked about this a little bit about like creative people using these apps these high quality very sophisticated expensive applications for yeah. photo editing or video editing you know and those same devs turned their attention to ios and maybe not so much now but at the time initially ios was sort of higher quality uh in some ways yeah, i think you were now more both, assured of what you were going to get yeah both platforms now are full of shovelware right there's, oh, there's, God, t- yeah. there's two million apps on that on the ios app store like it's it's ridiculous and that the market is just too huge and the final, I don't want to go into it in much, in too much detail, but like the, the hardware fragmentation on Android makes for a, cha- like is always going to be a challenge for Android as a platform, because mm. as an app developer building apps for Android, you have an infinite combination of hardware and screens to deal with, yeah. you know? You you have no idea. Maybe the phone you're using doesn't even have a camera. Like maybe it has a physical keyboard, yeah, like yeah, some yeah. of these ancient ones, you know, and you have like all of these, like the buttons are in different places. Some don't have buttons, some have sliders, some, you know, and the customization that people may have done on top of that means that it's very difficult to 
to to know whether or not your app is going to work on that piece of hardware despite right. the fact that the hardware is running the same os right. as many others right whereas with an apple device an ios device for the most part you can be assured that it's going to work and yeah there is some downside to that as well even though that's a benefit in the sense that you know it's going to work on an ios device with your app but then also for the consumer that's not as good because then no. you're almost forced to make those constant upgrades and this is where we go back there's to no what we competition about in the previous there's no competition yeah exactly right and you talk about things like planned obsolescence right. and the the fact that you are almost forced with at least with a with a hardware device at least with a PC you can upgrade it, mm. whereas with a phone you can't upgrade these, these phones they are one and done. Also, and phones are very like like they're much more like tight everything's tightly integrated right yes, with your PC yeah, yeah. you know you've got you a can CPU chop and and change a, yeah like it's like the the components are very like sp- even physically like spread out right and sort of they're, they're very compartmentalized there's not really compartmentalization inside no. a phone right so the, so there are there are ups and downs to both of these approaches and for the most part i would say that like you gain in some areas as a consumer for going with android mm you lose that in some areas too. And yeah. the same is sense for, for Apple products as well. Yeah. And I I do sort of hope and wish that there was a third party that mm. could maybe force them to be better in some areas than others because maybe, you know, challenging this forced obsolescence would be really mm. good, but then maybe like having a little bit more of a stricter requirement on what these hardware devices have to do to make sure that the user experience is never compromised. Mm. And... You're not going to get that, unfortunately, I don't think. And until you... We were having this discussion before the, the show. I, I think this is going to be a very two-party race for a very long time to come. Mm. Whereas at least in the PC market, there is always that opportunity for things like a Linux-based operating system to come mm. in. I'm thinking things like Chrome OS as an example. That right. ironically, yeah. we're talking about Google again. But yeah. at least you've got that opportunity. It's not going to overtake Windows or Mac, but at least it's an, a generic, genuine option you can choose. Mm. With mobile devices, that's probably not a thing unless you're going for a really specific feature phone from like a really like niche company. Right. And it's just doesn't really play a factor into things for people yeah there really isn't uh, anything else right and, and and you're right that right now it doesn't look like there's anything on the horizon you know we've seen other os's come and go you know blackberry's stuck around tried to stick around you have yeah. palm os you know you, we've had attempts from other businesses to sort of launch an operating system but the fact is is the user base the way that app stores work like just makes it too difficult and the fact that the hardware is so tightly it does have to be in some way tightly coupled to the os because of yeah the, because of the way that you're interacting with these devices um and that's i suppose another element as well is the hardware manufacturer is going to be less inclined to try and make hardware work on another operating system when they could just go with a safe bet making sure it works on android right also these operating systems are fantastically complicated yes you know, they're more complex than than Win- i would say than windows and, and linux and mac os because they have a lot more to deal with in terms yeah. of security and yes. there's a camera on it you know there's so much hardware crammed into these devices and all the battery management and everything and you know there is no room for it's not a cheap investment you know when when you had little feature phones from motorola and nokia and they could do like three things you know you, they were you know those people were writing those those operating systems in inverted commas in assembly you know that you could just write one by hand you know like it wasn't like a obviously it's difficult but it's not not like yeah but they were doing very specific things so it didn't have to be this massively expansive thing with all of these uh contingencies planned out ahead exactly whereas now because these phones are so multifunctional that have so many different applications that you could run on them there's just an infinite amount of things you've got to try to take into consideration so i don't imagine there's many companies biting at the bit to 
<laughs> to try right. and kind of jump into that market. I mean, we did take the discussion as well as it's surprising that in some instances, some companies already haven't tried that. Like we brought to things like Amazon and Facebook as the examples. Yeah. Like it does surprise me that like with their massive reach within their own ecosystem specifically, hmm. they haven't tried to push their own hardware operating systems. Hmm. Yeah. And I think sort of coming back a second to your point about like, why would any company try? I think that you're right that that, that, that like, and um, um, there is a question there of sort of why would Amazon and Facebook not try? I think one area where we might see something, but not yet, is proper Linux on mobile, mm. um, which is where, you know, it's Linux all the way through instead of instead of Linux, then Android. Um, yeah. That is in its very, very early stages right now. Um, but there might be something we see there where you could then take advantage of Linux as the, as the platform kind of thing. Um, I suppose the issue with that, unlike with the desktop market, which has got things like Google and, St- and Valve pushing that forward mm. with investment, there's no investment there for there a is mobile no device. So it's no. all going to be community driven right now it is 100 percent community driven and there's just, and that's you know, yeah. as you already discussed it's infinitely harder to build a mobile operating yeah. system that is to build a desktop version of one yeah. and it's taken this much time to be able to get good linux operating systems right. but then immediately within two weeks stop working because some change to a particular piece yeah. of hardware occurs and then it takes months for that same community to try and fix it again and so it's very much just going to always be one of those passion projects on the side yeah, of people. Um, and it almost certainly will never impact anything on the consumer level. Yeah. And I think that we won't see any radical changes in sort of the software or the platforms that we're using with until we really see a radical form factor change right yeah in the sense that mobiles right now occupy this sort of like personal computer that you have on you all the time yeah, like the yeah, thing yeah. that you are interacting with the most it's a very different world to 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 desktops and laptops we and call even them tablets phones, to some extent. but they are very much personal electronic assistants really right. aren't they and where we are seeing some movements is you know things like well there's some small movement in the form factor of phones in terms of things like foldable phones and rollable phones and all of these kinds of things which to be honest just feel like very minor you know very minor changes in an existing form factor and, and, and very gimmicky where we might see the larger changes is this movement and we've talked about it before into sort of vr and 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 ar and you can see it you can see it even with apple and google because android and ios are are gearing up they are adding functionality to their sdks to their development kits to help developers build augmented reality and virtual reality applications you know apple actually has a probably you know best in breed um, ar toolkit for building ar apps that Mm. you know use all of the sensors and the and the you know the gyroscope and the accelerometer and, and make it very easy for devs to build ar apps so they can definitely see that there's a there's something there and the question is 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 there a hardware form factor that is going to also come along with that you know mm. right now all we have is really is headsets right like the yeah. like the oculus right that's the other the only competing form factor we have is that is a headset and that is not really in the same market no, that's as very a, different as a to a phone yeah <laughs> like you're using it in one or two ways you're either using it for gaming 
yeah. which is pri- the primary like background push behind it mm. or you're using it in some fairly minor niched areas for example like mm. training right. like for example like hospitals using vr stuff for like training doctors right. and nurses in certain procedures and in military applications and things like that but it's also a it's also a full attention interface right in yes. the sense that yeah. like you know you you are not doing anything else you know you can't you can't walk around with your vr headset on or no. or like in like on your person kind of thing to like use regularly we did see google glass right that was the that was probably the closest we saw to a change in form factor was mm-hmm. google glass and i had a pair like well, we got a pair with for work for fun and it was interesting it's still the problem was was that i think the hardware was so not there like no. it actually most of the time used your phone like very little actually happened on the device yeah and so maybe we will see more movement there. Certainly Facebook slash Meta have, have sort of indicated that they are building, you know, augmented reality glasses, you know, and things like that. And we've seen things like snap spectacles, you know, and, and that kind of thing where you can like record video and, and take photos with your with glasses. There's a f- huge, huge technological challenge with cramming effectively mm. what is a very, very dense phone amount of technology into something that you have on your face. Wear on your face, yeah. I mean, uh, in that yeah. sense, are we maybe thinking that they're going to be, the form factor isn't going to change in the sense that it's still going to be a mobile phone in your pocket, doing all of the hard work, and then that is going to be, that the glasses or whatever is going to be an accessory attached to that, like wearable tech is now. And in that case, are you going to see a form factor change to invigorate a new os not sure mm, yeah exactly it's it's difficult to know like are you going to be building right now if you're building for even if you're building for the quest it's android right like yeah. it's still you know and, and if you do anything with when you would when you would build stuff for google glass you were you were kind of working with a, a, a mobile application and you were still yeah. dealing with it in that sort of regard as sort of an extension of your phone and wearables like to your point like you know if you make a, a an apple watch app you know it's still very much the same kind of world as ios so mm. there's a there's a question you know of, of yeah what, what do is you the need next another OS? And, and and like you said you know i think if with about amazon and facebook i think if anyone is going to build an os it is facebook slash meta yeah. And their, with their their desire to be so big on augmented reality and virtual reality that they might go, you know what, we want to own this platform. We yeah. are not going to base it off Android. We're going to cut gonna free let, of Android. Let, use their hardware to push our software, yeah. Yeah, and, and they will actually, you know, you will get an Oculus Quest and it won't be running Android. It will be running something that maybe has yeah. a compatibility layer for Android to ease the transition, but is actually ultimately something completely different. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it... It's almost a case of like our own imaginations probably just aren't capable of thinking what the next level of form factor would be, primarily just because of the the current limitations of technology as we have it. The other one is the other one I guess that I still like to think might be something is a sort of completely passive uh, hardware form factor. So what I mean by that is like like we've seen sort of stuff around you know around. Uh, like voice voice assistants mm-hmm. right and i think that like voice assistants in a way is re- is really interesting because that's a completely invisible user interface yeah right? like there's no true. visuals and everything else that we've talked about so far and dealt with is all about visuals even augmented reality is still visuals and yeah. so i sort of think is there something there you know is there something about 
you know, and again, like on another branch, and this is now we're talking very sci-fi, like when you think about um, Tesla, like Tesla's, what is it, Neuralink or whatever? I know it's not really Tesla, but like Elon Musk. Yeah. Like that's sort of like the thought interface or like a brain interface where it's like yeah. now you're talking about thinking about things to make things happen. And I don't know how you receive feedback to that. Do you receive feedback through only voice or there, is there visuals involved there? Like that's sort of, there's something there as well, like about... Mm. Like that, you would not be building, you would not do like brain interfacing with Android, right? And you do not, and I don't think anyway that that like AliXA devices are running Androids. Like they're they're probably running Linux, Um, but like that's going to be some kind of, there's a custom effectively OS. Yeah, and then that would probably get taken into a much more uh, unified space once that became more mainstream for customers to be able to use in the first place. Right, yeah. So maybe maybe there's something there as well. Maybe there's also something in a similar sort of vein regarding, so maybe like predictive AI. Mm, So like you almost go down the route of like uh, a more involved version of your Google Assistant, your Mm. Alexas, etc., where... It uses your cameras and your GPS tracking and your voice and whatever else to sort of predict certain elements about you. I mean, that goes into a bit of a Black Mirror type episode, (laughs) Um, a bit of a Hell 9000 approach. Yeah. Um, But again, that would require probably its own operating system eventually, depending on what you want. But maybe that just wouldn't be suitable for a home environment. Maybe that's more of a within an office space or Mm. within, say, for example, like a vehicle space or something on those lines. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, that's that's very much sort of like a, a trip into sort of sci-fi imagination yeah. more than anything else. But for the you most part, I can't... heard it first, right? On Octal FM. <laughs> like, those are, there was enough hot takes there that one of those will one come true. Stick, isn't it? Yeah, we're just throwing <laughs> spaghetti now. Yeah. Um, I, I think, for the most part, realistically, though, you're probably not going to see a massive change in the OS market until there is a breakthrough in the ways in which we integrate ourselves into mm. this hardware yeah and up until that point i think you're going to continue to have android and, and mac yeah. slash ios be the primary ones here in the same way that that happened when apple sort of reinvented the phone as it were mm. right exactly god the phrase like integrating ourselves with the hardware is like very <laughs> dystopian future <laughs> you can see it is dystopian cyberpunky but i mean in a sense we integrate ourselves into the hardware by using voice activated oh, google sure. assistants of course, in our kitchen it's just it's a funny sentence isn't it that you, to use and not be like what did i just say <laughs> <laughs> i i genuinely believe that within our lifetime we will have that level of mm. hardware integration into our own biological bodies but mm. I wouldn't even begin to understand how that would work or what that mm. would do for us. I don't know. I'm reading reading a really great set of books at the moment. The ones that I recommended you, the Vatter's War by oh, yes, by yeah. uh, Elizabeth Moon, and that's got a quite a cool sort of like uh, implants, like uh, cyberpunk sort of element to it, and that's sort of very much part of like the way that people live their lives, and mm. they have these you know these these implants that help them work things out and 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 this sort of like you use it as part of your brain right it's that that's and that's sort of what i'm talking about when i'm talking about that sort of like augmentation what is that interface in that situation Mm. you know i mean you there is some parallels to draw with even current medical technologies with the ability Mm. to say monitor people's heart rates and blood pressures Mm. and maybe some things like their insulin levels things like Mm. that like obviously we're going off the track here a bit of like you know portable devices that we use for (laughs) mobile phones but it's still mobile technology integrated Mm. within human interaction right it's something you're carrying around all the time like you know like mobile just like 
in the in the literal sense of the word you're just talking about something that you is 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 movable right yeah. like you're moving around with it and you're carrying it in your pocket all the time i mean are, are those devices running apple or android maybe I, linux i'm guessing i don't even i would guess that it would be something much smaller and lower level so yeah mm-hmm. who knows like there's there's a lot of space there for it to grow in sort of ways in which you wouldn't otherwise necessarily think of when mm-hmm. we think of mobile but when it comes to the more traditional mobile phone mm-hmm. element of things i think we're probably going to have what we've got now for a quite a much longer time to come agreed oh, my mind is thinking about so many things now <laughs> and well so i'm sure you've got probably yeah. this now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so let us know uh if you have any other weird and wacky ideas going towards this sort of world that we're starting to talk about very sci-fi um what what would you what do you want to see do you want to be do you want to just be hooked up in a tube you know and living a simulation (laughs) and and that's your that's the operating system i mean hey the matrix resurrections is coming out in like a month yeah exactly exactly Um, (laughs) what os does the matrix run on um uh, let us know you can send us an email uh, show at octal.fm or you can send us a tweet twitter.com forward slash octal.fm or catch us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash FM. Or you can will your virtual buddy in your mind to send us a message. Yep. And we'll get that as well in our own brain thoughts. Exactly. You can do that. You can send us, <laughs> send us, your, send us your thoughts via mind, mind link. That's mindlink.com forward slash FM. I really hope this dates well. In like 30 <laughs> I know it's going to date time, so poorly. It's going to date know? so poorly. Um, but yeah, so a bit of fun. But hopefully you've come away with a little bit more information regarding sort of what the differences are between the main operating systems of mobile OSs. Not our crackpock theories on conspiracy. <laughs> no, 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 definitely those. <laughs> sci-fi technology. Um, but until our next very serious episode of yes. FM, I've been Sefran. And I've been Gelada. And catch us again for another Octofem episode very soon. 